and welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, hello. It's, uh, it's, it's almost the end of the week, yet again. I know. This week seemed to go by very, very quickly, to the point that, like, because we actually had to postpone, because of uh, Hearthstone nerfs, we had to postpone Angry Chicken, so I did Angry Chicken this afternoon. Right. So now I feel like Gamers Inn is early, and, like, it's Tuesday, and it's not, it's Thursday. Like, my week is just, my week is just totally crazy messed up. <laughs> well, um, it's not. It's just the <laughs> it's Angry Thursday. Chicken. It is Thursday. It is, it is Thursday. We've okay. had a whole six days to play video games and then talk about them. So that's what we're going to do because this is the 322nd episode and I don't think we plan on changing anytime soon. So <laughs> we'll just we'll just talk about video games, I think, is what, what we'll do, I think. Well, first off, I'm interested to know mm. about what you thought because you actually reached the end game of God of War, right? Mm. I beat so... it. I did. Was getting to the top of that mountain worth it? Did you ever get to the top of the mountain? Can you say that without spoiling? Because <laughs> that I, was your whole big end goal, right? Was like returning your or burying your wife or something. Yeah, there was a mountain. Spreading, I was totally listening. Spreading ashes. You know, that's right. the 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 opening of the game is go to the mountain and spread your wife's ashes, your son's mother's ashes, and. And that's the quest. And and to me, I thought like, okay, when's this game take a take a left turn? And suddenly we spread the ashes, and now we have to we have to save the world. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the journey is you going to spread the ashes. That's as soon as you spread the ashes, credits roll. Like you ah. you turn around. You're having like the game continues its one cut sort of or no cuts camera, just a continuous flow of events, which I thought was beautifully done from beginning to end I, I think it was it was worth the effort uh to to go with that it's almost jarring when suddenly you do get the the actual you know fade faded credits it does the whole like uh, marvel studios thing where it continues the movie uh or it continues the the journey with with the credits rolling up the side which was which was really fun but yeah no i i mean i'm not gonna it's spoiler free i you finish the game you spread the ashes and you get the credits and there are uh, revelations, there are story beats, there are character moments, there are sequel setups um, to the point where, you know, maybe this isn't just going to get a sequel. It could get multiple sequels. Like there's a lot, really? there's a lot that they build onto it because they're dealing with a whole new mythology here with the Norse. And, and I think that the one thing I would take away as a negative from this game is that the Marvel movies have kind of ruined Norse mythology for me for anything right. else. You know, I love Thor and I love the, the, you know, the Odin, Thor, Loki, that whole thing in, in Marvel mm -hmm. studios. It's great stuff. However, in God of War, they're talking about Odin. Like he's this piece of shit dad who has sons <laughs> and, you know, like, uh, you know, he has multiple ex wives and he's like taken over places and uh he's just a he's just a bad dude and he's never been good and his son thor is a dick he's no good uh thor's sons are no good uh you know other sons of odin just bad people mm. and and everybody sort of fears uh odin and his rule and you know when you think of thor and, and odin and the marvel studios uh pictures it's like they're kind of jovial, you know, like kind of positive, you know, ho, 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 we're, 
we're the fairy tales, you know, whereas in this mm-hmm. game, the Norse uh, gods are like all the other gods in, in the God of War games, just they're all kind of dicks, you know, they're kind of, that's why God, you know, Kratos hates the gods is because they're all jerks. They're jerks. Yeah. So it's, in, it's hard to shake that at the beginning and, and throughout the game. And, and I think finally, I once see you, that because I think like mythologies and gods in mm-hmm. general, they're really, really interesting characters. So they get reused a lot in movies and pop mm-hmm. culture, comics, TV shows, like video games. They're used all over the place because they're they're compelling characters. They are bigger than we are. They're, you know, like already pre-written in a lot of cases with like their personality traits and their basic stories are usually the same. And so they're used in a lot of different places. And if, like you say, with especially with Marvel right now, making so much use of Norse mythology telling the story of Thor... It becomes really hard when you've kind of seen a lot of that lately to t- see somebody else's take on it and, you know, push all the other thoughts and feelings that you have about these gods like to the side. So I can definitely see how that would be really difficult to, yeah. to see like a totally different interpretation. Not to say that like all of the Marvel stuff when it comes to um, Odin and, and Loki and everybody was all, you know, sunshine no. and roses. But I mean... Yeah, there's there were mistakes made there that made their characters grow, mm-hmm. but not to the point of like making them just bad men always. <laughs> yeah, no, the, these guys are bad and they don't they have like moments of good, but it was always in service of of total and complete rule. And I know in the Marvel movies, you know, Odin stopped his rampage and and became this benevolent ruler of the night. Anyways, in this, you you really get the sense that they're they're using a lot more of the norse mythology where you you re- you quickly realize that in the thor movies especially the more recent ones they're uh they're kind of just like we'll take a little bit of thor we'll take a little yeah. bit of loki because people Cherry like those <laughs> yeah in this they they like they pull all the chips in and and they do it in a smart way where it's like you don't need an encyclopedia beside you to understand it, but you feel like, oh, if I knew more about Norse mythology, all this would feel very well connected. But because I don't, it's I, I'm they're explaining it just enough that I'm mm. that I'm getting it. So it's a it's a good balance, and even in the game, they offer you constantly these sort of like because your son Atreus kind of knows all of the Greek gods, and you're like or not Greek uh, Norse North. gods. And Kratos, you're like Kratos. You're just a, a big dumb idiot. You don't know uh, who these gods are. So your son's like, oh yeah, that's McGillicuddy of the mm. of the realm Asgard. So he's kind of a, a scholar. <laughs> yeah, and him combined with another character, Mimir, who not going to spoil it, but he's also hanging around. Uh, he will constantly chime in and let you know and tell you mm-hmm. stories while you're navigating uh, in the boat. There's this like overworld where you uh, you're in a boat and you're kind of canoeing. And mm. paddling through and he'll tell you stories about the past and, and about what how characters interacted so there's a lot That's of a fun way to do the lore as opposed yeah. to like you know just quest givers which is usually the way it works out in some of these games <laughs> he's he's really awesome the characters they've developed in this game i never thought i'd be saying this about a god of war game but they've really not only have they upped the ante on the main characters but they've really improved on the side characters like mamir is fantastic He'll tell these great stories and he'll often like have to stop himself because there is this like 10 year old in the boat 
and he's mm-hmm. like, hmm, I better save the rest of the story for when you're older, <laughs> you know, because he's about to talk about some Norse orgy or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of those, evidently. Uh, he stops a lot of stories short. But uh, yeah, it it's just, it's a fantastic game. And I'm I can't, I'm looking forward to when you, you get a chance to check it out before the end of the year, because I, I really think it's it's a solid game it's probably my it's definitely my favorite game this year and and kind of tops it tops the billings of like probably one of the better ps4 games that have come out in this generation like there's not Mm. there's not much else out there in terms of the overall package that they've given you with combat and story and graphics and and uh, even the end game like once you know this is a single player linear experience so when you finish the game you're like okay I guess that's it. And you go back home and, and fade to black. But in this, it you pop back into the world and it makes sense lore-wise. And it's like, oh, we actually have more stuff we can do. So there's these two endgame realms. One called, uh, you know, Niflheim, which is the realm of, of fog, I guess. And you go and all the fog is poisonous. And it's basically set up as a roguelike procedural map uh, maze where you're you're grinding for mats to unlock new armor, unlock new challenges, uh, all ending with this quest to find the secret of Vivaldi's workshop. And at first, I was like, I don't know how this is gonna work. But then you start to get into the flow of like collecting enough uh, echo mist to get better armor that allows you to last longer in the mist because the mist slowly kills you. And it's just this feedback loop that is. That is a lot of fun, and it just it gives you more of an excuse to go back in and, and do some combat. Um, so I really appreciate that. And the other one, which is uh, Muselheim, uh, which are combat challenges, and it's basically you traverse through this this fireland. You know where the you know the fire giant in Thor Ragnarok. It's kind of where that guy. Comes oh yeah, from. yeah, yeah. Like right at the very beginning, that world. Yeah, exactly. So you're going through Muselheim and you're you're traversing, and then you're coming across these giant swords, which is the sword that, that is uh, that is owned by that one fire giant who causes Ragnarok. And you you touch the sword, and it's like, here's my challenge for you. And it's you know it's it's usually combat based. It's, some of them are like kill twenty guys. Some of them are you know kill a hundred. Don't let Atreus get captured. And there's a bunch like that. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little bit of story in there as you hit milestones within those modes, but it's mostly just there to kind of extend the life. And I, you know, it's totally optional. They, that's not something they needed to, to have in the game, but it kind of pushes you to get better gear because there are these other end game challenges, the Valkyries, where they're very tough battles and Mm. you're going to need that strong end game gear to, to take them on. So it's kind of weird to to think of this single player game as having an end game. I can't really think of the last, you know, campaign based game that I played that kind of had this, you know, this actual, these actual features to bring you back in. It's, it, you know, it's been a, I can't think of another example, like even well, in. I was gonna say, so the point of these modes are mm-hmm. just to kind of like test your skill and see how far you can go, but mm-hmm. also give you gear rewards. Yeah, they're giving you more powerful gear because right in, so the your character is it's level based, right? Depending on how much armor in your in your stats. So right now I'm at like a level 8, which is nearing max level. Uh and like those Valkyries that you fight are basically the bosses 
a, a type of boss and they are quite tough and they recommend you be like seven or eight to even try to take them on and the, that seven or getting up to seven or eight is requ- you have to go through the, these end game realms to unlock that gear so if mm. you're if you're trying to complete as much or experience as much of the game as you can the best way to do that is to check out these these realms and, and you don't have to go to them right at the end of uh, of the campaign you can you can visit them earlier than that um, mm. just the chances of you beating them before you want to complete your mission probably a little unlikely i was pretty much itching to see how how the story concluded because i didn't want to be spoiled and there are some moments that i think if spoiled would kind of not ruin the game but just kind of like that would have been a fun reveal you know yeah um, so I, I overall i feel like, like that's true for really most good. games though like <laughs> most it is. games it dep- movies tv like <laughs> it depends on your definite i know people who are like they don't mind spoilers and they're like i just want to i don't mind knowing everything because uh, it doesn't ruin the experience i'm like you i'm assuming in that like if i just don't want to know and i'll tell you if i want to know because sometimes mm-hmm. i'm like i don't care yeah tell me because i'm not going to see it in theaters i'll probably rent it like six months from now so yeah how's it end you know, I think when we were seeing Infinity War, it's like, is there anything I need to know about Black Panther? Because I'm probably not going to get to see it in the next hour. Uh, <laughs> it's like, eh, he has a suit that shoots purple stuff. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I there are people out, out there like that. But with this game, I think it's 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 best enjoyed fresh, uh, especially if you're a fan of the original God of War stuff, because there's there's a lot of callbacks that they didn't necessarily have to do and there's stuff in there the the callbacks that they they do that are that are quite big are like well done as opposed to feeling like pandering it's more like oh this is there for a reason you know they mm. they, they didn't shoehorn that stuff in so i i don't like you know until you've had a chance to play it probably not going to bring it up again because i think i'm going to move on to detroit when when it arrives tomorrow but that's right i'm moving to detroit uh <laughs> And I'm going beyond human, whatever that means. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I highly recommend God of War. If you haven't had a chance to to play it, certainly check it out. Yeah, I know you've been championing the cause of God mm. of War, but it just doesn't like. I just I feel like I've got so many other things going on right now oh, that yeah. it just like I just don't have room. I'm hoping that like a few months from now it'll go on some like crazy like maybe the steam fall sale or something or wait no it's not even pc it's yeah. uh ps4 right I, I uh, could see, it is ps4 i could see it going on sale you know for, for around between 50 and 60 bucks at some point this mm-hmm. summer and honestly you're right like this game got its hooks into me and i'll be honest like i've been playing you know bare minimum of everything else you know yes. this this has been the game that i play every waking moment that that I get to, game to time, play yeah. game, <laughs> games, and then I'll say to Ashley, "I'm going to play God of War," and she's like, "You're really still playing that game?" It's like, "Yes, it's the best. It's amazing." Uh, but of course, every time she comes in to see, it's just me. It's just like Kratos screaming and like tearing people apart. But <laughs> uh, there's story in there too. She just she's not around. There's like a, there's some touching moments in there. There's also some like you know that some really like ugh you know. There's a whole. St- string of events where this like young kid is is acting like a brat and you kind of just want to this is sparta i'm off the <laughs> off the cliff but then you remember he's your son and that's not how you parent so wow in the chat room ryan's the one championing the big playstation title to a reluctant joss it's the opposite of horizon 
Yeah, it's not that I don't want to. It's about this time, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's not that I don't want to play God of War. It's Mm. just like you mentioned, Detroit is coming out tomorrow. Um, Not to mention uh, something I've been anticipating has been one of my most anticipated titles for literally years since it was first announced, which is Vampire, and that's coming out uh, very, very soon. And then um, also, what, and I'm going to talk about it after, I think we're going to talk about uh, Omen Sight first, but... um, ESO just launched a new expansion and I still have yet to get max level even in that game and uh, not to mention like everything that's going on in Hearthstone right now and Mm -hmm. yeah so there's just there's a lot of like really big really intense experiences in gaming right now and it's just hard to to find room for all of them so unfortunately God of War is just one of those for me it's not that I think it looks bad it's not that I think it won't like that I won't like it it's just um, I it's one of those one of those titles that you you're gonna want time i'm gonna have to yeah i'm gonna have to wait like it might even potentially be like usually there's a lull in like january february so it might even be like that late but i do want to give it a shot yeah january february is like it's like almost a year from now that's a long time but i it's not almost a year from now it's basically june that's like six months from now oh what (laughs) I suppose, but still, wait, no, you're getting married in February. You're not going to play God of War in January, February. There's no such thing as a lull. You, <laughs> I see what you're doing. This is this is Horizon all over again, except the tables have turned. No, but I, I mean, maybe I'll this see. summer. I don't know. Basically, my point is that there are there's a lot of stuff coming out right now, and then we've got yeah. uh, the new WoW expansion is coming out this summer too. So mm-hmm. it just like there's a lot of things right now that that are. Not just like short little experiences, but literally right. like hours and hours and hours and hours of campaign and questing and stuff. And God of War is another one that just there's a lot of questing content there. Like, I mean, I don't know how long it took you to finish it, but it feels like you've been talking about it for weeks. So <laughs> what? I, you <laughs> didn't say it in a negative way, but like I just wanted to laugh because it's like I didn't if, mean like you're I bad know. at games and it takes you forever to finish things. I meant like I know you don't have a lot of time. I do not. So it's how it's long, been how much playtime was there in that campaign? <laughs> it's been a month, right? So it's been yeah. a month. I think I talked about it for the first two weeks and then I talked about it this week. It, I mean, they peg it at about eighteen hours for the campaign, but I know I did like a bunch of side stuff and I've continued to play. I don't know if there's an internal counter. But I would I would have to peg it at like twenty to thirty hours at least. Yeah. Um, it is a big game. It's worth having time to play it. And with the price of games these days, and and even the price of sales, you know where games end up going the first sale. In terms yeah. Well, of price, that's that's a whole yeah. other thing. That just the cost. Yeah. Like it, with this whole like, if you look at the cost of like the new ESO expansion and then mm-hmm. Detroit is a triple A title. Vampire is a triple A title. God of War is a triple A title. Like 80 bucks, 80 bucks, 80 bucks, 80 bucks. It really yeah. starts to add up, you guys. Well, that's the thing. I, but I mean, for for us, time is also a factor as well. And and, yeah. and, and from from the show's perspective, like on I, we've covered it, I think. Uh, and, and when, and I mean, even if you want to look at it like that way, like you know game of the year is in december so you've got lots of time to yeah. <laughs> form an opinion on the game and i do have it in disc format so like there's no reason i couldn't what? lend it to you so <laughs> i should have led with that probably so probably uh, yeah well if i can find some time then maybe i'll give it a shot time but... is the resource you're looking for i totally yeah. understand because i'm in the same boat because when you start to list off detroit vampire and then a couple other games that I've that I have in my back pocket for the coming weeks plus E3 it's starting mm-hmm. to look like 
the next few weeks are already planned, even though we've got about a month's worth of content to, to cover. So, uh, yeah, fun times. No shortage <laughs> so, of fun. <laughs> the other thing that you managed to find some time for, mm-hmm. other than just God of War, was Omen Sight. So you have to tell me about this because... Story's Path of Destinies is something that we played and quite enjoyed, and this mm-hmm. is something akin to that? It's from the same developers. Uh, uh, Montre- uh, it's a Montreal studio. I think it's like Spearhead Games, and uh, I was lucky enough to get a code for this one. Uh, Omen Sight is a spiritual successor. It's not a sequel, but it's kind of it has that same look and feel to stories. It's a little more serious, I found, although looking back at stories there were serious moments like there were some serious story beats for like sure. a kid dies in the first yeah. chapter and it's pretty it's pretty like oh okay they, they killed it was a rabbit i don't think that makes a difference but <laughs> i like rabbits everybody but i'm just saying um anyway spiritual successor to stories path of destinies and you you play as the harbinger the combat feels very similar to stories and it's kind of like a a gosh this is gonna sound negative a clunkier batman system um okay batman seems the batman combat system seems to be like if you can't emulate it you probably shouldn't do it because i'm expecting everything to be like really fluid and and the and the uh, combos and the counters to just feel really snappy and in this there one were some points in batman that it's a little jaggy <laughs> but Okay, well, in that, by that logic though, like this still does not feel up to up to that, you know, level, right? Level. Even with the problems that Batman has, sure. it's still the standard. Yeah. So in this one, like it's the X to attack, it's the Y for heavy, it's the B to dodge, and you dodge when the exclamation point pops up. But it still feels like when I'm hitting X, my character isn't really snapping back and doing what I want it to do. But uh, that being said, the story is really interesting because you play as this harbinger character uh, who is sent to prevent the end of the world or, or some sort of end of the world event. It turns out this like evil God is being summoned and the, and you play through the first sort of part of the game and it ends with you collecting or merging or I don't know, you touch something and a spirit comes out and it flies into you. They don't really explain it, but well, they do explain it. I just don't really remember what word they use. Anyways, you absorb these, these people and those characters sort of come back at the. Uh, I love. I just love when Ryan tries to actually explain games, guys. It's right. Some I, of the funniest things that have ever been said on this show is Ryan when he forgets his words, <laughs> or phrases, or complete sentences, or what I did, or had for breakfast. Um. So yeah, in this, you're the you're the harbinger, and and at the end of the game, after you touch these people, and their glowy bits fall into you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I just had to go back and do a completely different one. Um, the this purple stuff rises out of the ground, and and it's the end of the world, and there's an apocalypse, and then you kind of like warp, you you turn into light and you warp out, and then there's some story exposition about like, hey, you're the you're the harbinger, and you're here to figure out why this person was murdered. There's this special person that was murdered. It was some empress of soul life or something, and um, she's really important, but someone murdered her. And we're pretty sure that her murder has to do with the fact that the world is destined to end. You know, uh, this evil thing. It's like a worm, of a purple worm of some kind. I think his name is Volden or something. He comes back and he destroys the world. And you, and basically it works in this, like in stories where there were these branching paths and you had a chance mm-hmm. to like loop back. 
This one has a more defined loop and then it's a one day loop. There's a morning, afternoon, evening, then the giant space worm eats the world uh, in which it resets itself. Like Majora's Mask, except for three times of day instead of three days. Yeah, that's a much better example. Yeah, to, to kind of explain it. So yeah, it's like Majora's Mask. And in in this zone between um, the end of the world and, and going back to the morning, you know, you can spend your XP and, and that levels you up and gives you more... Uh, more powers, and then you can also spend, I think, like this currency to uh, upgrade some of your powers, so give you additional health. So there's that like continuing momentum of, of always gaining new powers as you reset into the next day. But what's really interesting is it's kind of like it's kind of set up as a murder mystery because there's this orb of uh, investigation. I think like this is literally I remember that it's the orb of investigation. And it's kind of like a spider web of like clues. So it starts with characters and what you've learned about them. And it starts with the fact that you know this character was murdered. And that's the basis of your... That's of the your, center. Exactly. You're, you're starting there. You know this character was murdered. And you know the world's ending because the space worm keeps coming back to eat everybody. So what you do is you... When you sucked in those characters, their light soul things... You, you can, there's these four statues and you walk up to them and it says like, hey, you can restart that day with this person and learn more about what they experienced on the day the world ended and try to discover who killed the Empress. And you play through it and you learn stuff. And then when you get to the end, the world ends again and you, you build out more clues because you've learned stuff. And, and it's kind of rinse repeat like that. Uh, to the point where you get these omen site opportunities where you learn a really, uh, I don't know, what, what's a, what would you call a really important clue? Like a, like a case breaker or something? Is that, what, is that a thing? Is that real? I, I, I guess. Sure. Um, so there's like I these... would just call it a really important clue, but... <laughs> or an omen site. That's what the game calls it. That's where the game gets its title. It's, it's basically this like objection and you like slam some evidence in front of people, literally. Um, you get this omen site, say you find out, oh, this is how there was this altercation between the empress and, and the emperor. And you use that piece of information to kind of skip the story ahead or lead a character in a specific direction. By As soon as you see them, you're like, you like clap your hands together and a bunch of light shoots out. And then they see that vision, that omen site, and mm. that triggers a new series of events. And and again, rinse and repeat, you go forward. and And the game does feel... It feels like you're progressing, you know, in different directions, but really it is it is linear, but you still get to choose who you seek first, right? Mm -hmm. So say you don't want to go to the bear, you want to go to the cat lady and find out what, what she's thinking. Um, you can choose that path and maybe you might be so, more into bears. I don't know. So Can you, you go like cat first? then bear and then go back to the cat again with bear information and will that have more story beats yeah yeah if you if you you know as you discover more things there's also uh special seal unlocks that you get so you're as the harbinger you can kind of it's kind of weird you do it in front of other characters they have like this special seal breaker and they and they're like ah it's my special power and only i know it and then you like basically like xerox their key and right in front of them and they're like oh I'm, I guess I can't be mad at you because you're the harbinger, but that was kind of a dick move, you know? 
you know, you don't Xerox someone's key in front of, like, especially if it's a family heirloom, like, that's a bit, that's a bit much. But there are those, you're right, there are those pieces of information, those, those opportunities that you gain uh, from other characters, and you can bring them over. And it feels like there is that interconnection as characters. So on the map, in between morning and afternoon and evenings, you're seeing the characters kind of pop around, you know, and occasionally they will overlap and you will experience the story from the other side, the other point of the view. Mm. Um, and it is it is really neat. I've gotten about, I'm about three hours in, so I've, I'm around Act 3. So I'm progressing quite quite at a, a rapid pace. It, it's a lot of fun and, and just a different experience. And the story is, while simple, still quite deep. Like There's only like four characters, a couple factions, and then you know, the, the big evil, scary monster. But, um, it is interesting to see how they've laid out this story in such a illogical fashion. Like to think like how, how you would have to lay this out without, you know, losing the impact is, is kind of interesting. So I, if you're looking for a smaller, something different to check out, I think Omen site is definitely, uh, one to look at, especially if you enjoyed stories. I think it's, yeah. it's really cool. So it's, it came out May 15th was when it was released. Yeah, I think it came out, yeah, about a week ago. I'm not sure when it came out. Um, I've only, I think, I feel like I've only been playing it for a week, but maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I got to it late. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's been out for a little bit, and I think it's on PC, Xbox and, One, uh, and PS4. Yeah. I was just say, yeah, it's definitely on, uh, on PS4, but. Oh, maybe it's not on Xbox One, because I know Stories was like, it was a PlayStation exclusive console exclusive mm. yeah anyways uh, it's really neat and you can definitely uh, get it on steam and you can definitely get it on playstation yeah. i'm playing it on steam and it runs quite well so there's no issues there um yeah it feels really cool i i yeah i, I think if you enjoyed stories omen site is a is a really neat follow-up yeah i did really like stories and i liked all the different directions you could go and everyone knows the majora's mask is my favorite zelda so this sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, <laughs> to no, be honest. I, I think you dig it, and and you know, uh, I think it it'd be a good thing to check out when when you when you have a little bit of time, uh, you know, maybe not God of War time, but like Omen site. <laughs> it's I was able to fit it in there between my, you know, my heavy you know God of War you know focus as well as you know checking out a, a you know a couple other games, but I think Omen site really really sunk its claws into me for mm -hmm. for a good couple hours there so yeah it's sounds, yeah it's totally it sounds like it. a much more kind of digestible title and i think it's somewhere around 20 bucks on steam so and mm -hmm. that's canadian so it's probably like 15 american or something like that so yeah guys should definitely go and check it out um the only thing that i've been playing this week other than you know the regulars is uh eso actually had a new expansion come out on the 21st uh it's early access on pc right now so if you pre-ordered then um you got access to it right now i believe it's still a few days off on uh, console but uh i play on pc so i got my hands on somerset one really hilarious thing that i realized <laughs> when i logged into eso right is i had actually left uh from when morrowind the expansion the previous expansion came out I had gotten the ESO premium subscription, whatever. I had signed up for that. And I let it run for quite a while before finally I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not playing this game. Like, I need to stop this subscription. Like, I'm right. literally not logging in. There's nothing wrong with the game. I just don't have time. So 
So then I canceled the subscription and I moved on with my life. Well, I bought the Somerset expansion, logged into my account, and realized I had almost $200 worth of the in-game currency available to spend. So I still haven't actually spent that in-game currency. I think I've got almost like 20,000 crowns now. So, uh, yeah. It's, Mounts um, on Jocelyn. Yeah. Uh, I think the battle pets are like 700 and the... Um, the actual mounts are like 1500 or something. So I could get like 10 mounts, but like I haven't played the game in so long. I don't actually know what a good purchase is. So <laughs> I'm just sitting on all of this currency going. <laughs> yeah. You were yeah. saying that you, so you had actually texted me twice that you had a bunch of, you were probably going in with a bunch of crowns. And then when you logged in, you had like 200 notifications to clear through and it's, it's one of those things and um this was one of the critiques i had about elder scrolls online because i jumped back in for morrowind mm -hmm. to kind of check it out and the game has gone uh buy you know uh buy to play you just buy the game and you can play for free yeah uh, or you can have this premium subscription but when they go that model you're buying into the game but then there's these layers in there that are like the currency store and all the stuff you can buy and what you can buy with in-game currency, what you can buy with real-world currency, it's it's just a lot to take in. So I can imagine yourself going in there after a year and maybe six, seven months of that being paid before you decided to cancel. It's like there's probably just a bunch of crap flying at you as, as you're coming in. And really, I know you, all you want to do is like, I, I just need to explore what's new about Somerset to just get a get my head around what's what's new in this game and to experience it. Cause that's, that's mm -hmm. what you're not interested in. Well, you might be interested in, in like a unicorn mount if, if there is one in there or. Uh, <laughs> oh, if there was a unicorn mount, I totally would have bought one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you followed up with that. Cause people are like, geez, Ryan, go straight to the unicorn. It's like, Oh know, no, no, no. She, Ryan just knows me very well. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, there's probably a lot of stuff in there that just flies at you. It's like, I don't need to know this, even if I could afford all of it twice, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is, uh, it is one thing that bothered me. It's just there's you're in there and it's just like, okay, I want to cut through this crap and just, just play the game. Yeah. And well, and speaking of cutting through the crap, like that's what took me so long is like, I've been trying to play this game for a couple of days now. And the thing about Somerset is it's a opening up of a new area that has been um, kind of mentioned. And it's like, it's basically like the homeland of the high elves. And uh, so they finally opened it up to outsiders. It's this big kind of um, controversy because some of the elves think that they should have kept outsiders away. And then other elves are like, no, we need to be more open and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So uh, that's kind of like the base of the story is that this new area is opened up and there's apparently 30 hours of new questing content. But the quests are made to kind of pick up where the main ESO story left off whereas like Morrowind was kind of its own thing mm -hmm. so if you haven't played through basically like the base game of ESO then you're not necessarily going to be lost you're not going to be confused but it's like it's that's like the next section I guess so they give you a really good introduction like right when you jump in Somerset except for and again, this is just me totally not knowing like how to navigate the world, being out of it for a really long time. Like I logged into the character that I created in Morrowind and I quested around like that. But the thing is, like I find with 
World of Warcraft, and I'm I'm gonna like preface all of this by saying I think ESO is the mm-hmm. stronger experience. That being said, in World of Warcraft, I can log in, mm-hmm. I can create a character, I'm a warrior, and I have like different specs, but it doesn't throw you into the specs until like you've played a few hours, and then when it does, it's like when you hit one level, then you get one of three choices. And then you like 10 levels later, you get another one of three choices. In ESO, I found it difficult to even like look up a build of what I should be doing when I was leveling my character because there's so many skill trees and there's so many choices that like you look up builds and it's like, okay, well, I'm playing as a warden. What can a warden do? Well, it turns out every class can do everything and wear every kind of armor. And, you know, so it creates a lot of different, like, this is the thing. I think um, it creates a lot of different options for play style because, like, as you're leveling through, like, it has the same sort of thing as Skyrim. Do you remember when you used to, like, go up into the constellations and, like, put different points into... It's, like, the exact same sort of a system where, like, you have these, like, schools that you gain skills in as you're using your spells or you're using two-handed weapons or you're using light armor. And you, when you get those skill points, then you unlock other skills in your tree and you can level them up. And it is, like, it's it's very thorough, but it's very complicated. And it means that you can, like, get right down into the nitty-gritty of your characters, which is great if this is the only game you play. So yeah. I feel like... ESO is like if ESO is your game, then the amount of customization and the amount of like ways you can play your character. Like I think my uh, the there was like six different like air quotes builds that I found for wardens. And it was like, okay, warden tank, warden healer, warden DPS, warden DPS slash healer, warden DPS slash tank. Warden DPS slash tank slash healer. And I was just like, oh, my God, I I just want to level up my character. I don't understand and uh, that all yeah, sounds so like my worst nightmare. <laughs> it, it it was extraordinarily complicated. Right. But I basically just ended up throwing builds right out of the window. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to see what I can figure out and figure out like what skills sound cool to me. And I'm going to make my own rotation and I'm going to try not to die. And it was really, really fun. I That's think good. that ESO, when it comes to the animations and the skill shots and you know like there's all kinds of really cool combat mechanics that you just don't get in like world of warcraft and i forgot how much i just love playing in that world so i mean like i wish more people played eso because i would love to like jump in there and like quest with somebody it's a very pretty game really non-obtrusive like you literally have to like almost like hover over a person to like see their name like it just there's no character names floating above heads there's no like class colors and everything else like it is it's very very pretty and minimalistic when it comes to the ui so you know jumping back into it yes it was overwhelming but if i had the time to sink into an mmo that like wasn't warcraft this would 100 percent be my choice because it's so pretty and the voice acting oh my god ryan like i can't Mm. i can't even explain how 
amazing it is to feel like you're actually sitting there having conversations with these people. Like, it's not just like, here's your quest and this is what you get and move on. It's like, you literally can click on anybody. You have all, they're all voice acted and you get like all of these different conversation beats that you can go through. And it's like a very, very Skyrim. Like it's not necessarily like a mass effect, but there's also like skills that you can use to progress conversations like intimidation and persuasion. So like you can even talk to somebody once and be like, oh, I don't have persuasion right now. So maybe I should just re remember them and come back later. So the uh, the stories and the quests that I've been able to do so far and uh, most of what I did uh, was on my uh, Morrowind character. So it's, it's old content. It's not Somerset content. But um, the quest that I did do, I was just like I was just sucked right in because of all the voice acting and because like they've actually written some really good and interesting stories. I know when mm -hmm. ESO first started, it was really difficult because they tried to go down the same route as Skyrim where it's like, you are the one you are the chosen, but it didn't really work in an MMO sense. Mm -hmm. So they've kind of changed that now. And you're just like a hero who is helping do x y and z like you're it doesn't feel like they're putting the emphasis so much on like you specifically and that's really working for eso from a questing and storytelling standpoint so getting back in there was really really fun i i think my i've <laughs> i've literally started a different character with each new expansion so i think my highest wow. level character is like 25 or something and i think 50 is the max level right now but i think somerset might be the push that i need to get back into it um, because it is super complicated. It's going to take a really long time for me to get back into it and to understand all of the new everything that they've brought in. Because like I mentioned, there's a ton of new quests over on Somerset Isle. Apparently there's like 30 hours worth of questing material over there. And the interesting thing about ESO is it doesn't have any zone levels anymore. They, they got rid of that uh, with, I think it was like the new Tamriel update in, I want to say late 2016, early 2017. Uh, or the one Tamriel maybe was the was think, the update. Yeah, that might have been the year before Morrowind, so twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, they did that big update, and then it made it so it was just dynamic questing, so you could go wherever you wanted, and things would just scale to you. So there were no more kind of levels, which was mm -hmm. great. So you can kind of um, start a new character and level them through the main ESO stuff, or you can level them through Somerset. Like, there's lots of different things. Um, they're, like I said, there's new stories and they're kind of, um, coming back because I started a high elf right at the very beginning of, uh, the whole ESO launch. That was my first character. So a lot of the characters from Somerset are characters I'm familiar with. So it was cool. actually really funny because the guy that like introduces you to ESO or did way back in the day actually is also the very first quest giver in Somerset. So, like, he walks up to you and it's like, there's some question about, like, oh, tell me more about yourself or something like that. And he's like, do you not remember me? Like, I normally make a much better impression than this. Like, <laughs> it's really, really funny because he's literally, like, the first quest giver from the very beginning of the game who's now been moved into Somerset. So, huh. it's just, yeah, like, interesting. yeah, there's, there's a lot of kind of interesting tie-throughs. They also um, introduced a new crafting profession, so you can do jewel crafting now. Uh, there's a new order, which so there is no new class this time, mm. but there's a new order, which each order comes with a different kind of like skill tree. So there's like new skill trees that is a, that are available to all the different classes. So like I said, 
super complicated, difficult to master, but I feel like a very, very robust experience. And if this was your only MMO, like I, I love Warcraft, but especially experiencing the combat again, I was just like, you know what? I feel like this is a better game. <laughs> well, it's got, it's got more, well, I mean, World of Warcraft is over 10 years old and it's combat that's, they can only do so much with it in a, in a 10 year old format. So with Elder Scrolls, they're working on a newer, a newer engine, a newer format. They've, they've been able to jump ahead in terms of having an active battle system. So, I mean, it's hard to fault Warcraft and you're not, you're just saying that. I, yeah, you know, no, I'm just, cause I mean, Warcraft does have a lot going for it for yeah. sure. And it's, um, I think it's simplified exactly <laughs> is a good way to, to look at it. But, uh, but yeah, I think like ESO is a really fun and robust system. And as much as I say, like it's, it's really, really difficult to find builds. It's difficult to figure out what works for you. It's also very flexible. And I like the idea of having like a pool of abilities, but only mm -hmm. the, uh, the chance to equip, I think, um, four and an ultimate. So it's very like MOBA esque. So it's like, you know, I might have 25 abilities unlocked, but I can only choose a select few. And that to me was really interesting. And then, like I mentioned, with the kind of mobile combat and the skill shots and stuff, it's, uh, I think, a more fun experience than like locking on and memorizing a rotation personally. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, that's nothing against Warcraft. It's just they're both MMOs. It's the obvious right. comparison to draw, right? And uh, obviously Warcraft is the one that I play more than anything else. So, I mean, and the thing is about Somerset and about ESO in general is because I've never been max level, I haven't done, like, the dungeons. I haven't done the raids. I haven't done the PvP stuff. So it's like there's still so much more to this game, but the combat and the questing itself is enough to just make me be like, okay, yep, I'm back in with the subscription. Let's go. Right. Let's do this. Like, I want to support this game. This seems great because, like I say, it actually it is really, really fun, and the questing is... Yeah, unlike anything I've experienced in an MMO before, because it's like it's well written, well voice acted, and just the whole game is beautiful. Yeah, and the logic being that you know, Battle for Azeroth comes out end of August, or is it uh, the fourteenth? I believe so, mid August, and I mean they'll drop the the pre expansion patch with some weird event, probably like late July, early August. So you got like a good two two and a half months of of solid ESO time because mm -hmm. i mean I, I mean in my mind with warcraft you're and i'm gonna say just raiding i know it's not just raiding it's it's a big deal well, to raid but it's different like you're right it is just raiding right in, in that, that that's all you're doing. doing like dailies and dungeons and mythic mm -hmm. pluses and raiding and questing and leveling alts and now i'm just raiding that is a true statement <laughs> that, that's, a, that's all i meant by that i know raiding <laughs> I know. is is like i i've been there I, I've lived with someone who, who had a rating schedule. I even had a rating schedule. It was not hardcore, but, uh, you know, to the point where I understand it's, it's uh, again, not trying to sound mean, but it's kind of like a part-time job, except mm -hmm. it's fun, and, but you're not paid. You have to actually pay for it. So it's kind, it's kind of <laughs> not like a part-time job, um, at least any part-time job that you could find. Anyways, you're just rating. So doing you know augmenting that where you used to be doing all that leveling and grinding and dailies and and dungeons you can move that type of experience over to eso for the next couple of months because we we all know 
you should set a reminder for August 13th to cancel that ESO Plus because you're not going to go back to it because you're going to have Battle for Azeroth, which will bring back questing, leveling, uh, dailies, dungeons, more raiding schedules. And that's probably why, like, I'm I'm sick and tired of the stuff I have to do in Warcraft because it's just so damn repetitive now Hmm. because, you know, we're at the end of the expansion. So you're doing it for months. Huh? Well, you've been doing... I'm, a, I'm again not playing WoW right now. I'm only guessing from experience, but you've been doing the same thing for I would imagine at least the last six months. Like when was the last major patch that came out? I can't actually remember now when Antorus when the when the Argus raid came out. But I mean, we finished it in February. So um, I've been doing that wanted... weekly for since February. I guess February is not that far away. Well, I mean, but it's. Yeah, it's enough. Like we've been, we haven't just been been doing that same raid. We've kind of moved on. We've been bringing alts in and and that's doing funny. different stuff. But still, like, yeah, that that's the last raid, and we've been doing it every week. And yeah, so well, you're having fun. Yeah, yeah, mostly. <laughs> I, I just like yeah. I'm just I'm just tired of the same stuff in Warcraft. But there's a lot of new systems that are coming in Battle for Azeroth mm, that are going to be really fun and really interesting. So you're right. I'm totally going to get pulled back in. Um, but yeah, I do, I do really want to do more ESO though, because I know I say this every time, but it is, it's a super, super fun game and it's so beautiful and they've added so much new content in Somerset and they've also added like, so they do these big expansions like once a year, but then they also add these, uh, new guilds in between Mm. as well as new dungeons in between. So there's these smaller like DLC packs that are available. So I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of content for me to to go through in ESO. And I feel like because I love Elder Scrolls and I loved Skyrim and and Oblivion and Morrowind and all of it so much, like I'm missing out on what the current Elder Scrolls, um, I guess, experience is because I'm not giving ESO a fair amount of my time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's really sad because I love Elder Scrolls so much. So I should be spending more time in the SO and having this experience because it's all we're going to get for a while. So, um, yeah, Maybe. I think, uh, I'm, I'm going to attempt to get, uh, to get back into that a little bit, at least until ba- battle for Azeroth launches, I think. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that Somerset was announced and released before E3 when possibly it could be, it could have been a cornerstone for, for an e3 announcement in terms of like here's your elder scrolls online news so they're getting that out of the way i mean it's it's interesting to think about i know they don't need to save everything for e3 but it's like it's so damn close that (laughs) that you wonder if they maybe should have kept it a week and be like and guess what the new expansion is available later today you know like (laughs) they could have i mean as a product developer if i was in that position it'd be really hard to not be that asshole in the meeting like what if we just held it for a week and we seemed really cool for announcing it and then all our servers went down? I mean, everyone would be happy in the moment, but then when they go to buy it and or play it, it wouldn't be running. Maybe this is a bad idea. Let's launch it before E3. Never mind. Uh, I love how you talk yourself in and then back out of it. Again. No, I was role-playing the whole thing. That's exactly how the meeting went. I see. And scene. Um, but yeah, so if anyone out there listening to the sound of my voice is playing ESO, please tweet me. And let me know, because um, right now I'm not even 100% sure, like, only my main character potentially might even be in the AIE guild, the presence that they have over in ESO. Um, I haven't, like, spoken to anybody over there. I don't know, like, if anyone's even still playing from AIE, so, um, or if the guild is even still active. So 
if anyone uh, is actually playing ESO and would like to play with me, I don't believe that there's any um, like realms or anything. I think it's just your server is either NA or EU. So I'm playing on N on NA. So just uh, yeah, shoot me a friend request. I don't even know what my what my friend request thing is, but um, yeah, just tweet me and uh, I'll look it up and then we can play because I yeah. think it's super fun and I think it would be more fun with friends. Because I would like to try and do some of like the dungeons and stuff. Because right now all I've done is um, is questing. But they do have uh, they have dungeons, they have raids, they have PvP, all that fun stuff. So cool. I want to give it a shot. Yeah, it sounds like fun. I, I um, yeah, I I would jump back in, but I think similar to your God of War uh, stance, I'm I'm in the same boat with a. I don't think I can go into an MMO where it takes hours just to figure out that you should just splat your points all over the wall like i i, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. i couldn't do that but but i'm 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 interested to see what somerset has to offer because i do like a good cold jump into an mmo and and, and just playing around with new characters and, and eso was always the second mmo that interested me so um it's really cool i'm i i hope that you uh report back next week with more on that because i want to hear more yeah, I'm hoping to get to uh, play this weekend for uh, a significant amount of time. I played a couple of hours here and there over the last couple of days, but I really want to get in there and just like sink a day into it and see uh, how I feel after that. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so just wanted to remind everybody that The Gamers Inn is brought to you by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash thegamersin. You can join the conversation over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. We have special patron-only voice channels and text channels. You guys can also do your game night voting over there. We do game night every third Thursday of the month, which happens to be tonight, only because we couldn't record last week because I had a migraine. Don't actually look at a calendar. It's kind of the fourth Thursday, but still, normally, third Thursday of every month, we do game night. So uh, do stick around if you're watching the live stream. We'll be playing, I believe, Rocket League after this. So uh, don't go anywhere if you are watching live. Uh, we also have a patron ad this week from Simon who says, Returning from hiatus, Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. And if you would like to sponsor an episode so that we do an ad read for you, again, the way to do that is over at patreon.com slash thegamersin. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. We've got a lot of really cool stuff going on over there because we have launched TGI Studios. So uh, if you guys are interested in any of the content that Ryan and I create, you can go to tgistudios.com for links to all of that. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes will be streamed live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available as VODs after the fact on Twitch. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what your username in Elder Scrolls is, please do so at <laughs> info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.